0: All right, guys. Oh, wait, no. How do you say your last name?
1: Oh, um, how do you think it's pronounced?
0: Okay. Sue?
1: You're close. Am I? One one more time. Suey? Yep, you got it.
0: Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) I really was like, I wasn't even going to try it. And then uh, what, what do most people say?
1: They, they, get, they, they seem to get it right these days oh. for some reason. But, okay. you know, like five years ago, 10 years ago, it was like, it was, I used to be nicknamed Tissue when I was a little kid. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's We're amazing. All, oh,
1: another very common one is Tasui, which they don't do a the T silent
0: Fancy. Um, <laughs> well, mine's Binet and people say Binet and then oh. they'll go, oh, is your last name? Or they'll say, how do you say your last name? I'll say Binet and then they'll go Binet? Nope, Bennett. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> why are you trying to change what I just said to you? It's crazy.
1: Right, okay. right, right.
0: All right, guys. I'm here today with Bobby Tsui. No, <laughs> <laughs> <You're
1: so> it's <hilarious. laughs> your, That's your
0: fault. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm here today with Bobby Tsui, who's the founder of the Same Circle Method and. Recently, I think it was last year, you launched your first, it was the first time you did the Designers on Social Summit. Am I making yeah. that up?
1: That's I'm right. Sure. That was the first time ever.
0: Um, ever. Yeah, he made a what you guys didn't see was he made a bit of a scrunchy face. But what I'm excited about is that I'm part of it this year.
1: Yeah. Happy really, to have her.
0: Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, I also saw that you are an author. So you wrote uh, a book called Behind the Click. Mm-hmm. So you're a busy dude.
1: Kind of, I guess. Uh, you know, <laughs> comes in waves and phases. <laughs>
0: well, why don't let's start, why don't you tell us your backstory? Because before we started recording, um, you said something about you used to work for a recording, a recording, a record, wait, what did you say? A record label or something?
1: A record label, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Tell us tell us about that. Most of yeah. I selfishly want to know about what famous people that you met.
1: Well, yeah, well, no, I mean, I'm in I'm an, I'm Los Angeles, I'm an, um, an Angeleno, I don't even know how to say that, I'm from Los Angeles. Wait, what are you saying? I don't even know what you're saying.
0: <laughs> Angeleno? Yeah. What does
1: that mean?
0: What did you say?
1: Actually, uh, um, like natives, they call themselves Angelinos.
0: Oh, um, crazy.
1: Yeah, I don't really use that phrase very often, I just thought it's cool. Um, It is
0: cool. I like it.
1: Or I just say I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a Cali boy, but yeah, I've been born and raised in Los Angeles my whole life and kind of caught that bug of, yeah. Wanting to, you know, shoot for the stars and, um, and music was my first love. Well, actually fashion design was, I, I originally almost fell into fashion design. Uh, um, But then I discovered the music industry as well. And, you know, just music was just my thing for a while. So yeah i i had uh even gone to music, <laughs> engin- music engineering school got a recording engineer degree and wow. uh, yeah and so uh i ended up working at um um a recording studio in in los angeles um that was one of the coolest times of my life where yeah, I worked at Michael Jackson's old recording studio, and wow. all these super, super artists would frequent there every single day. I'd get them coffee, I'd get them peanuts,
0: <laughs> you know. I was a chain. runner.
1: I was a yeah? runner. Mm-hmm.
0: So a runner basically is like the person who like goes and just does whatever it takes that needs to happen kind of thing?
1: Yeah, and then once runner? in a while you get to sit in on an actual engineering session.
0: No
1: and actually yeah. help them with their music. And sometimes you just catch those moments where like, oh, hey, come on over here. What do you think of this song? And how do you think I should do this part of the beat? And, you know, those are the magical, like, chance events that you just want to catch, you know? And, 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 and then you just move up from there and become a recording engineering assistant, eventually recording engineer, and then uh, and it just goes up from there. So that's how, how long that, were
0: you there? How long were you doing
1: that? I was there for about, like, a year, and then I went to work at a major record label, because uh, uh, I um, just knew some people who introduced me to some people, and yeah, ended up working at Universal Music in the wow. urban music department, doing marketing for them. Yeah, that's
0: amazing. Okay, I don't want to be this guy, but I'm gonna. So you said you got to sit in on some like you know recording sessions. What was the one that stood out the most to you? That was just like holy shit. That was because <sighs> some. I mean, I obviously music is just it can take you away, right? And it's sometimes I watch like doc. Okay. this sounds stupid, but I watched the Justin Bieber documentary, like the yeah. recent one of him recording and the guy is super talented. Like what, what Canadians, but um, <laughs> what was the, like what was the one experience that really like really stands out to you?
1: Hmm. Can you think of one? Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely can. It, it's not, I've I've been on multiple sessions with really cool artists, uh, from Michael Bolton to huh. Rihanna to oh my
0: God. Jamie
1: Foxx and wow. um even 50 Cent. Um, wow. and and so I think the one that stands out the most was uh, was I got to also intern at a smaller um studio at the same time while I was working at that studio mm-hmm. for this pro- these producers called uh the mafia and they were they were uh, they produced a lot of um a lot of pop music but also a lot of hip hop music and they did the song that's popularly known as uh 50 cents um uh 21 questions and so they just Kay. uh I
0: here's the thing with me. I'm terrible at <laughs> well would I know it because it is like popular
1: it is it is it was it was basically 50 Looking cents like one of his top probably okay, top hold- two most known songs
0: okay we're gonna okay wait can you hear that oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay got it I'm with you <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so so they produced that song and so they basically I was just sitting in the session with them and they you know they uh took me through the entire history of how they came up with this, with that song, even like remaking it live with me. And, and it just, it was just a magical moment to, to relive that with them, especially in an artist that is so, so huge. And, and, you know, and and, and I think he was really, you know, 50 Cent was really huge in his prime, probably in the two thousands. Uh, don't remember, but to be, you know, be part of that, um, and reliving that was just super magical for me.
0: Yeah, that's so incredible. I'm so fascinated by seeing the, the craft of any, like, artists do anything, whether but especially, like, musicians to me are just, they're just mind-blowing. I don't, I cannot wrap my head around how people make music, and it's so awesome and incredible to watch, so that's wicked. So what yeah. makes you decide to leave us what seems to be a super amazing, awesome experience of a, of a industry to be in
1: yeah, I, I, I'm going to tell you like the short, you know, short nutshell. It, it was basically making money and I, mm. I didn't have money I, as, as I was literally a starving artist. Um, I think I was making pennies um, at the studio and I wasn't, very ma- I wasn't making very much at the record label either. And then there was a lot of politicking going on uh, and I just wasn't feeling it anymore. It just it just sucked the soul out of me. And I'd rather just make music, um, you know, on my own without having to market Mm -hmm. and sell it. And, um, but um, when I, when I had, uh, when I had left corporate, it was, and and started consulting and and marketing, it wasn't, it wasn't until I was working at a, um, um, I mean, I was just recalling when I was working at a commercial design firm, um, doing marketing for them
0: as in when like I, an interior design firm or graphic like design as
1: in an interior design okay. firm. So that was what initially triggered the need for like solving a problem that I could solve. And when, in, in my consulting, when I, when I left corporate and left, uh, just doing work for everybody else. Um, you know, I was, I just happened to, um, do some consulting work for my sister's friends who were, uh, uh, designers and contractors. And it was, it just, it just harkened back to the days when I used to work at the commercial design firm. And I was long story short, just let go. I was fired because I couldn't, couldn't do any, um, good marketing for them in the business biz dev department. And I remember that and being triggered by that so much because I was fired that day, uh, that, I knew that I wanted to figure it out at some point and it wasn't until I left and started consulting when that just kind of, I just relived that came back to the surface. And so I, I was like, this is the problem I want to solve. And, um, and then that's how it, uh, that's how my consulting days started until I was doing that for about a a couple of years. And, and, and then one of those on one of those days, uh, you know, one of my clients who I was consulting for, he was, he was like, well, Hey, Bobby, you know, like, I think you give really great strategy and advice, but can you do this for, for, for us? And then I was, I, I was like, at the moment I can't, I have to put together a team to actually, you know, do your marketing for you, but let me look into it. And so that's when the agency was born. And I, I was doing that. Uh, I started an agency, a marketing agency that served, all the companies in the built environment and uh, from interior design firms to architecture firms, remodeling, design, build. And I've been doing that for about six or seven years before I started the same circle method, which is my coaching program.
0: Okay. Okay. I want to go back to something you said um, when you were at the the firm, Mm -hmm. you said you weren't able to do good marketing. What did you mean by that? Just so I'm clear, clear, like it. Yeah. Tell me what you meant by that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So in those days, um, I mean, in those days, if you, if 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 I were to, uh, uh, you know, put you in a time machine and go back and in, in those, into those days, uh, it, it was one of those years where um, you know LinkedIn was probably the most dominant social profile, a uh, social media platform. Uh, WordPress was still new. Wow. So if you, if you could just think about like, you know, how everybody was thinking about marketing when, when you mentioned the word WordPress and everyone was like, what, what's WordPress? Um, much less Squarespace, you know, like, yeah. um, and, and just marketing with your website was probably the most like advanced thing you could do to, to put yourself out there and to put your brand out there and market yourself, market your firm. Um, long story short, I just didn't, I just didn't even know what I was going to be able to do. I was managing, um, all the freelancers that we had hired and I spent my days just talking about button colors and, and copy Mm. on the website that didn't really move the needle. Um,
0: Okay, yeah.
1: and, uh, I just felt helpless. I just, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know how, uh, we were just doing manual, you know, outreach through LinkedIn, trying to pick up, um, uh, design work and uh, it was a, it was just a struggle for me and so I was fired as a result of that.
0: Okay, okay, I'm with you now. So then you leave and you start your own firm and you said that it was like I want to figure this out. Yeah. So what do you figure out? So <laughs> tell so us that, all the things. No, I I know it's not yeah. that simple, but I would love to hear like what you did to think you know figure out what is and when you said you wanted to figure it out, did you mean figure it out in relation to interior designers in the build industry specifically
1: uh-huh okay yeah. yeah well it was it was it was um you know at first it was just relevant to whoever i was consulting for okay. which was a mix of interior designers and contractors um but it just evolved into okay um I, now i've i figured some things out for the home building industry figured a couple things out for for, for uh, the uh, the real estate industry and now I have a, I have actually have a larger pocket of clientele from design build firms and interior design firms, and that practice, that playing field was just being developed constantly through the agency, and so that was just it, just it just, uh, it, you know, that's how the course just kind of unfolded from there.
0: Okay, so and the course being the, um, the same circle method, right?
1: Not the online course, but I just uh, was just referring to like the path of developing
0: and figuring it out. Yeah. 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 Okay. I understand now. Um, By the way, your websites, both the designers on social summit and um, the, your personal website, they're both like, the designers on social summit is like really nicely designed. Did you make these yourself or do you outsource that?
1: um that is by my designer uh and uh, I didn't do any part of that no I didn't I'm not a graphic I am you know I can graphic design but uh yeah. you know I wasn't I wasn't uh yeah yeah I they're didn't make really decide. well
0: designed they're they're, Thank they're you. amazing they look really really good okay so tell us a little bit about then like what what is the I guess the journey of like where you get from like where you started to creating and developing the same circle method and and then what that is
1: Sure. Um, and so when I was, uh, when I was at the agency, I, I, you know, I had worked with so many companies who, uh, uh, were, were doing great work and they had a budget to work with, to grow. Uh, but there was also a large pocket of businesses. I knew that I could, I could help, but I couldn't through the agency. And I also enjoy coaching in a capacity in a container that um, where I can, I could, uh, you know, have have a have deeper intimacy with my clients and helping them grow and, and just empower them to do great marketing. So it, it basically just transitioned from there. I I I started coaching little by little, um, starting with my own clients at the agency, to then taking on one-on-one clients and um, not really fulfilling on on uh, agency services where you know our team would actually do the work for them but in in terms of I'm coaching you on a roadmap and Mm -hmm. just follow these steps with me and we're going to do this together kind of thing and um, and so little by little I created a methodology what which is what I call the same circle method which I felt was uh, uh, a really good plan for interior designers to um, you know, step off that social media hamster wheel and actually talk to prospective clients and pick up projects instead of just um you know collecting vanity metrics on on social and 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 not really getting into conversations with uh potential clients on social so I saw mm-hmm. that a lot
0: so yeah, why don't we dig into what the same circle method is then?
1: Sure, so the same circle method is is really about the main problems I saw with um, with designers marketing on social or just marketing in general. And it's, and it's, 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 it's your ability to, to answer a couple of key questions. And um, uh, one of them is, you know, are you, do you have the ability to um, or no, does your, does your, does, does your prospective client have the ability to say yes? Question mark. You know, that's one of the questions. And that means that. So what that, does
0: that mean? Yeah, tell us, because I, I, I don't totally understand what that means.
1: Yeah, so it really just means that in terms of content that I see a lot of designers put out, it's okay. great content for the most part. You know, they do great work. They do magical super aligned projects. They put out great photography. hmm for the most part, it's, it's good content. But the brub is that they're not able to get it in front of the right people mm-hmm. or even people at all. So, like, sometimes they'll grow an Instagram following and they don't really know who's following them. And sometimes it's more designers in the trade who are following them yeah. or, you know, whatever it could be. But that's the main problem it's not having a proactive plan or strategy to grow the right audience and that's why if you're unable to uh if you're if your audience is doesn't have the ability to say yes meaning they're not
0: they're not people your, who would purchase your service kind of thing like they're not in the market for your service
1: um no i think that's a different question okay. but it's definitely relevant still it's more about are they even on your instagram profile are they even as are they even followers on your instagram are they even followers on your facebook if you put out a piece of if you put out a piece of content on facebook um where one percent of your fan base is actually seeing that post they don't have the ability to say yes
0: oh i see okay so right. okay so and so what does the same circle method do like what are the elements or the tenets of of the method to help and i assume that that's just like one piece what of the puzzle is do they have the ability to say yes
1: yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then also I a a very similar, similar question, I, I think is also just as relevant is do your, do the rest of your, your network have the ability to refer you? Um, so like your relationships with builders your, or, or and contractors and, and realtors, you know, like all these people that, you know, offline on that you've built goodwill with locally or regionally. Um, A lot of times designers just have a difficult time bridging that gap to the social media world. And it's really, at the end of the day, the ideal scenario is, can you sit at your computer, put out a post, and know that all those people in your network, from the builders, the contractors, to the prospective ideal clients, if they're able to say yes, and if they're able to refer you, meaning are they able to see your content if can you put out one post and know that everybody in that same circle is able to see that content?
0: Okay. So yeah, because I, the word ability, I could replace that with like visibility almost. So are they, mm. do they see, cause when yeah. you said ability, I'm like trying to figure out like, what do we mean by ability? So you basically, we want to make sure that when we're using social media, it's not just going into the abyss.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And does that mean like? So is that about um, what, what? What are some of the elements or the strategies for creating the ability for people to see you or say yes?
1: Um, there, are, there are a few. Um, uh, you know, for one, partnerships is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Building partnerships, reinventing the way you build relationships with builders. Uh, contractors uh, in your network. Uh, Can you you give me
0: an example of a way, an example of reinventing the way you build relationships with with contractors or builders?
1: Yeah. So um, I can give you an example um, of, of one of my clients uh, building relationship with, and a new home builder, a luxury home builder in her area. Uh, when we were working together, um, she wanted to build certain relationships with, with, with certain people. So we just made a list. And one of them was this luxury home builder who was, would be a great referral partner for, for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she didn't really know how to reach out to him, how to, should I take him out for coffee? Like, should, I pick up the phone cold call this guy. Um, and <clears throat> while those are actually great things to do, and they are tried and true. They've worked many years ago and still work today. There are different ways that you can reinvent the way you reach out when we're living this phenom of a social market. So specifically, you know, I, 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 I coached her to, you know, take a look at his Instagram profile and, you know, she already had a following of, I think over like 13,000 followers. And so, um, she looked at his Instagram profile and I, I just asked her to find some similarities, um, that you and her, that you and him, uh, would would have in common. And, uh, he had a love for dogs. She had a love for dogs. That was also part of her, uh, <clears throat> her niche attribute. Like she really yeah. loved working with uh, families with dogs and, and, and successful raising successful children. Like that was her, that was her thing. And, um,
0: yeah, um, somebody's away. Yeah. Do you have a child? Yeah. Do you have a baby?
1: I do. I do. He's ten months.
0: Oh. His
1: name is. Are you Gray. good? Are you okay? I'm good. I'm good.
0: You need to It's okay. Mama's
1: got him. mama has got him.
0: <laughs> thanks, Mom.
1: Uh, yeah, thanks, Mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so basically, where was I?
0: So you were saying part of her niche attribute was that like working with families with dogs um, and that was one of the things in common that her and the oh, contractor or the building right.
1: had. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so I, I helped her create a pitch and uh, the pitch uh, is, is an email that would, would go to him. And you start the pitch with uh, getting some common ground and so she started the pitch with talking about his dog that she saw on his Instagram profile. And after, uh, that part of the pitch, she would then segue into what would be the win for him if they were to, you know, start a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is really all about filling the content gap, which is, uh, he has and he has prospective clients and, and, and a following mm-hmm that he's very apt to serve and fill a need for. But someone like her as an interior designer, like she can come in and provide valuable content that can also serve his following and his audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I asked her to just, you know, um, suggest to interview him on her Instagram. So they would do an Instagram live together and they would talk about this exact uh, topic, which was, you know, the the top three, you know, kitchen design trends, dot dot dot, whatever that was. So I yeah. I asked her to write the exact title so that he wouldn't have to think about yeah. what they were going to do together, mm-hmm. so that it would be uh, uh, a a very easy yes to say yes to.
0: Yeah, you
1: know? and that's really really key because a lot of people send emails and and try to start spark up relationships, but they just leave too much out in the open, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? What's the synergy that you mean, you know, that we could develop? I don't, am not really sure how that would work, but if you tell them exactly that you're going to interview them on this exact topic, that here's the title, like we're going to do it on, you know, this exact date, which is, let's just meet over like a 15 minute call or whatnot. And, uh, just to just talk about some, some details, you know, they'll, they'll say yes to that because you're (sighs) Mm also,
0: um,
1: Filling a content gap for him, you know.
0: Yeah. So this is very well. First of all, um, just maybe, could you tell us what I, I mean? I feel like I know what it means, but maybe for our listeners, I've never heard anybody say niche attribute before. I really like that. I wrote it down. That's why I remembered what you said. Yeah. Um, what tell everybody what a niche attribute is, and and I mean myself too to make sure I totally understand.
1: A niche attribute is anything from a demographic that you serve. Okay specifically serve to a skill set that you have as an interior designer, whether it's your, a skill set that you transform from an experience from your personal life Mm
0: -hmm. transformed
1: into a skill set that is, is specifically able to serve a specific group of people even. Um, uh, So that is a niche attribute. A niche attribute can be your specific aesthetic that you're developing. um, Like a signature aesthetic in a niche attribute could be, um, their need, like the, their, your prospective clients needs and desires. And sometimes, um, the best niche attributes are very specific needs that separate the group that you serve from other people who also might be in the market for interior design, but they're just, you know, they're, they're, they they have different needs. So for example, athletes, have different needs Mm -hmm. like they're they're looking for uh uh environments and and spaces inside of their homes to prepare them for the field right they're very athletic and stuff uh or maybe expecting parents they're looking for eco-friendly nurseries um and and those are different needs than say the the next homeowner who just might have um Mm -hmm. a regular need of oh i just don't know how to pull it all together for myself. I'm just not that creative.
0: Yeah. This podcast is supported by Ultra Lux Linens, and guess what, guys? I got my new living room drapes, and of course, it was Ultra Lux Linens that made them, and they're absolute pure perfection. So. I have never owned real drapes before. No, I've owned real drapes. I haven't owned custom drapes before. And so I really feel like I've made it. And I love them because they don't flare on the bottom, which is a huge pet peeve of mine. I don't like a really bulky drape. And so when they arrived... They were perfectly accordion folded. Don't think that's the technical term for it, but they were perfect and they went in and it's like it transformed my living room. They are made perfectly. The pleat is perfect. I'm, the length was perfect. Everything was amazing. And I've got more drapes coming in. It's like, they're coming. They're coming fast and furious. I've got my bedroom and I've got my music nook and dining room next. So I'll keep you posted. But guys, they carry over 75 different fabric brands. And the great thing is it's all under one roof. You're gonna get the exact same designer pricing you'd get if you went to all of these brands direct. You can tell them about new brands you're interested in if in case they don't happen to have them and she will absolutely try to get those for you. They have towels, you can pick the colors that you want. They have bed linens, you can get custom duvet covers made. Again, just pick any little fabric you want, get exactly what you need, bingo bango, you are done. And there's so much more. They carry so many different things, it's incredible. If you are not already following them on Instagram, go to Ultralux linens, follow them. Let's give them a little love. Also, go to ultraluxlinens.com, and if you are in the GTA and you are at the Toronto International Design Center, they are Suite Two Hundred Two on the second floor. So go check them out, guys. They're amazing. Is part of the same circle method uh, starting with figuring out what your your niche is, and I guess niche attribute is in a sense also like your um, you know your ideal client or um, whatever your your avatar or whatever they call
1: it yeah
0: yeah and do you is that part of the the course um learning how to kind of build that out for yourself
1: yes uh, i will say that i am very very um uh it's not that i'm against ideal client avatar exercises. Okay. i'm just disappointed in them
0: yeah me the, too <laughs> <laughs> They're Freaking impossible but you tell me why you're disappointed in them
1: yeah, I think just the the, the 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 typical way that they're that they're uh, they're taught and facilitated through, say, your regular marketing workshop, is you know you make a list of who your who this person is and you know where you they give talk. her
0: a name,
1: give her a name, right? Name is right? Sally. Her name is Sally. You know, empty nester Lucy. Yeah. And then, and then what do you do with that, right? Like, what do you do with? I don't that? get
0: it either. It's too like fluffy. It's like, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, okay, so and, what do
0: you do instead?
1: Well, I mean, I I have uh, this process called niche folding, and it's Ooh. I think it matches the messiness of our reality, which um, which when we're you know taking on you know lots of projects and we don't have the time to actually you know do any marketing. Um, you know, we often forget that we have this ideal client avatar and we don't know what to do with it, but with niche folding, it's, it's about, it's about, um, understanding the three to five things that, uh, really fold into your positioning and your, your brand voice. Um, so using that as, 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 as highlights in your, on your social media, um, you know, in your social media marketing, um. And I, I I teach my, my clients in, in, in the program uh, different different roadmaps to helping them find audiences from those niche attributes. So for example, mm-hmm. if one of your niche attributes is um, uh, if one of your niche attributes is say parents with, um, you know, like high achieving parents who are raising successful children. Um, well, you know, I, I, there's, there are a lot of brand, uh, there are a lot of brands and influencers out there or gatekeepers, Mm -hmm. if you will, parents with high, high achieving kids. Uh, you know, they, uh, that, that's like a niche attribute in terms of, um, say a demographic, right? Um, and so there are brands and influencers out there who are gatekeepers of these audiences that you could be serving, right. For, for, for this niche attribute. So even bloggers, um, Mm -hmm. uh, editorials like parents.com or Facebook groups, Montessori Facebook groups, or, you know, there it's, it's about being able to map out where these pockets of people could be on social media and on the internet in general, um, and finding a way to insert your positioning in into that particular niche attribute opened up audience, I guess. That was a mouthful.
0: <laughs> and it's and basically it's like offering whoever that blog, influencer, company, whatever, um, something that's like it's content-related mostly, like where it's like, I would love to offer. Like maybe give us some examples of what that could look like, but is that basically what it is? It's like I'd love to partner with you in some way, and here's what's in it for you. You're going to get content for your audience that's going to be valuable.
1: to them. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So you're you know um, uh, that that uh, that blogger, for example, might have an Instagram profile, mm-hmm. and um, maybe that Instagram profile isn't as big as her blog, and mm-hmm. at the same time, she's serving these. Uh, you know, she has an audience of of parents. And, um, and so while she's able to blog about all these different, you know, you know, categorical, um, uh, topics around, um, uh, how to raise successful children, for example, she might not have the kind of content to talk about, well, how do you create, you know, like a really, uh, elaborate music room or a trophy room for your kids? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you design that? How do you you know, so this is where you can fill the content gap as a designer who's also serving this market and then be able to say, Hey, look, we can, we can do an Instagram live together. Let's talk about this topic and then yeah. it'll provide value for your audience. And then maybe sometime later uh, I can, you know, we can swap and then, or yep. do something else. Um, I, I can offer a lead magnet to your audience as well or something like that.
0: Right. Totally. And I mean, as somebody who attempts to put out content not as consistently as I would like any chance to get content that's like of no mental capacity for me I'm all about it so yeah, I can see right. why that would be valuable um can we go back to the niche attributes for one second I'm, sure. I, just, I'm, I would love to just confirm like we've got demographic I assume geography is one I'm curious what like what some of those attributes might be that people may not have thought could have been an attribute that's like unexpected for example like you said the dog thing that would be probably somewhat un- unexpected so can you provide a bit more examples of what people could be thinking about when trying to come up with your your niche attributes
1: sure um I think needs and desires that are different from I just you know don't have the time to pull it all together for myself that's yes, the most common so one so common it's a very common the one
0: worse because I would rather hear I don't know how than I don't have time (laughs) because it almost implies like you could do it if you had the time and I'd rather somebody who cannot do it. But anyways, but it is still very vague. Yeah. Yeah. um, Okay. I love that very much. Um, Digging into this specifically. So this, this can get very scary and I would love for you to like open and have me and my listeners um, open to the idea of like this niching down where, you know, many of us get very afraid to get so niche into Mm -hmm. a specific, um, thing because it's like, we're mentally afraid that it means that we're, we don't have as many people who can contact us. Can Mm -hmm. you help open our minds to this idea and you know, how we can do it successfully?
1: Yeah, that, that is a very common, um, fear, that everybody has when they yeah. think about niching, and I always tell them that it actually opens up instead of closes down your your audiences. And um, for one thing, it uh, it magically lights up a, a step in front of you, which is that it simplifies your marketing. So it's like it's like before you even niched, you were trying to chase two rabbits and ca- you were catching none. Mm-hmm. But now that you're niched down, okay, you can catch that white rabbit. Yes. And then after you catch that white rabbit, why not just expand from there? If you're yes. really good at catching that white rabbit.
0: Yes. It's kind of like, it doesn't mean you don't do other things. It just means I've exactly. not been compelling enough to somebody to catch them and then tell them about all the other things potentially that we can also do together. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah. that's, that's, it's kind of like doing everything really like, it's better to do one thing really well than to try to do everything kind of poorly. It's like do less better kind of thing.
1: Right. Which right. is
0: an old boss used to say that to us all the time. And he used to annoy the shit out of me. <laughs> <He> <laughs> like, dude, you don't know. We're doing a lot of shit over here. You keep saying do less better, but I'm going crazy. Um, that's a tangent, but, um, so yeah, I really, really like that actually, because, um, I, I also, one thing that I'm curious on your philosophies on the content on your, on your, um, social media, for example, because one thing that I've been thinking a lot about is, you know, The idea of like, as a designer, I'm posting a lot of interiors, right? And most most people who are into inspiration for interiors probably already have a passion for it, right? Or they're other designers. So I've been thinking a lot about like, for me, I've been focusing a lot on art and trying to make that be one of my niche attributes, which i never considered it a niche attribute. Now it's a new terminology that I'm gonna start using. And um, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, maybe posting less, like not an interior every single time, but trying to attract somebody in a very different niche, um, but relevant, you know, where it's kind of like the idea, like I, there's a designer um, um, marketing agency that works like you, I think design for designers. Um, and she is a marketing agency and she doesn't post anything about marketing. She just posts beautiful interior interiors because that attracts designers, right? And so it's kind of like the same idea of like, why instead of posting interiors all day long and all the time, finding other content that can attract the right type of person. So for me, like art, and then it's really topical that you brought up partnerships because I have been thinking about how do I maybe reach out to art galleries or, you know, shops that are focused on art or more artists and stuff. Um, Number one, to help, you know, empower artists. Uh, My father is an artist, so that's like... I want to be able to feature artists personally. It's important for me, you know, Mm -hmm. the starving artist concept of it all. I want them to thrive because they have families that need to eat. Um, But anyways, um, so is it, it's kind of something I've been thinking a lot about And I'm curious on like what, if there's a part of this too that you talk about the strategy for what you're going to post and, um, and things like that. And what's your think your thoughts on what I've just said. I feel like I just verbal period, but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think,
1: I think, uh, that is, that is, that is absolutely on, on point with what, what you're, what you're doing and thinking about, um, you know, while you're, you're, you're posting a lot of interiors, but you can also post more to speak to your niche attributes specifically, uh, around the kind of art, uh, mm-hmm. that you resonate with. And that's what it's all about, um, uh, is, is to really bring your humanity into the picture yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Other than just your interiors, and I always, I always say that there's there are three zones where <clears throat> uh, you know a designer can can really uh, put out content in or put themselves out there in, and it's re- actually most competitive most competitive to least competitive, and that is um, where the most competitive zone would be your actual like design and interiors when you're posting interiors, um, just being that um, you know. Uh, you're competing with a lot of photography online and uh, if you don't have a specific aesthetic or if it hasn't been uh, you know, it hasn't been highlighted by uh, certain publications um, as much, then your aesthetic is really just competing in in a very bloody ocean almost. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And then, (laughs) and then, yeah. And so there's the, the second zone, which is the process and a lot of designers that I see don't really communicate their design
0: through process mm.
1: and how they actually came up with the reveal and the storytelling behind that, how they mm. worked with the clients. Um, and that, you know, involves a lot of written word, um, a lot of the written word art form and and also uh, uh, being a little vulnerable in the process and, and, and not being afraid to talk about potential horror stories that, you know, could have gone wrong if this had happened or whatever. Yeah. whatever. Um, and that builds trust with, with your, with your audience and your prospective clients who, you know, for one that you're overcoming lots of objections and they're yeah. looking at your designs and they're not just, you know, saying, oh, she just fluffs pillows. No, but she also has a process. Like mm-hmm. she, she has a very buttoned up process and this is how she does things and um, makes transformations happen and how she keeps it on budget and all that. And that's what can happen when you're able to communicate uh, process. So that's the second zone. And then now we're moving into the least competitive zone, but it's often overlooked. And that is like your humanity. And that's really because no one else has stepped into your shoes. So all your innate weirdness, your niche attributes that no one would ever have, but you would have, um, that is the least competitive zone that you could be in, but it's often overlooked.
0: That's so smart. I've never thought of it that way. It's like you're using your uniqueness To help um, attract people who are into it. And on the flip, repel those who you probably shouldn't work with anyway.
1: Yes. And it's (laughs) scary as hell, though, because, you know, it it, it brings up a lot of things to the surface. And, you know, sometimes uh, vulnerability can really paralyze us. Mm -hmm. And if we talk about ourselves that much, you know.
0: Totally. And And it's funny because my topic for the Designers on Social Summit is about authenticity and it does talk a little bit about this. But another thing that I find, like, I find it's the vulnerability is less about um, posting things. Like, I'm pretty much an open book, but sometimes it's like being open and vulnerable, but then worrying about the people you know your actual like immediate friend circle, seeing it and being judged. And that's kind of, and especially. I hear that a lot. Right. And especially when you're like really one of the only entrepreneurs or like people who running their own business and most of your friend circle is in corporate. So to them, they don't, they kind of, that's, they don't understand why you're doing it. And it, I feel, okay. Also, I should say, this is a lot of assumptions that I'm making and telling my own story here. This is nothing anybody has ever said to me. These are my own fabricated stories in my head of what I feel and think they would be thinking, which is what I have to work through. Right. Um, But there's been times where I've like poured a little bit of my heart about some struggles I was having. And then, Mostly, I just I decided not to post it, and instead I I added it to my email list because I know that there's really nobody. Oh my
1: gosh, you just you just you just called me out right there. Yeah, sometimes
0: it, because I, it feels safer. Yeah,
1: it definitely does. Like I, there there's this thing with the algorithm on Facebook where if you do a live versus a native upload for a video. Like okay. it gets more, it gets more reach. Yeah. And so if I have like more of a vulnerable message, I, uh, that particular day, yep. I'll, I'll natively upload because I know it won't get as much reach.
0: <laughs> it's so funny because, um, it's, it's the same thing with the podcast and with my Facebook group, I will say anything, anytime. Um, I have no problems being completely vulnerable and real about some of the things I'm like going through because I know that most of the people on the other end of that are not my immediate friends and family. You know what I mean? So it's like Facebook, Instagram though. Like I know a friend can see that and read that and then judge me at the end of the day. I have to, it's something I obviously have to get over, but, um, but it's, it's, it's so funny how it's, I don't give a shit who I'm vulnerable in front of unless it's my friends. And I'm there thinking, because sometimes you hear two friends talk about like influencers and get judgy. I'm not calling myself an influencer, but we know the nature of how influencers work on social media and it's about being very real and vulnerable. So when you hear them like shit talking them, you kind yeah. of I make this assumption that like if i say something that's a little too like open mm. they're they're over there shit talking me, right? Anyways, right, it's yeah. just some of the feelings that i you have to work through um, for sure. And then you and i have created workarounds which <laughs> we'll have to work <laughs> into not doing that in, in the long run, but i really yeah. really like that. So for you, okay, so the, mo- the three different zones that you were just talking about, is it like, you know, just trying to be diligent in how, is it just an even mix of all of that do you feel like or is it, mm-hmm. um, you know, more one over the other? And I think I, I wanna go back to actually to the humanity part. I think that that's a really, really good takeaway for people um, to set themselves apart. It's like, if you take anything away from today, showing your face and being more human and vulnerable on your social media can probably go a really long way and Mm -hmm. draw in true followers and people who are real advocates for you because they connect with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And especially also just, you know, plainly showing your face on camera and talking like you just inadvertently showed two niche attributes that you didn't probably couldn't even voice as to what those attributes were, but people resonated and gravitated towards you. And so you're just doing
0: personality. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's the hard work's already done. You just have to talk and just be out there. That's all. You don't have to, you know, like worry about like what part of this impression am I managing or, you know, you don't want to be doing that. That that takes a lot of strain on you. Um, So just putting yourself out there and just, yeah, that takes care of it. Um, So to answer your, your question uh, you know, it's, I, I think, You know, so what I, what I tell my clients is to settle on three to five top niche attributes. And, you know, no one remembers more than three to five things about someone, uh, or a brand. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's very close to reality. Like, oh, I know she's like a fashionista. She's always wearing scarves and she's always got this color on, or, um, um, she loves dogs or she loves art. And she also designs these kinds of faces, so there's there's like a handful of these kinds of niche attributes, and it's about being number one strategic about which niche attributes can open up profitable audiences, uh-huh. and also, and on the other hand, it's also folding in the right niche attributes that will provide a unique uh, selling proposition for you that helps you stand out, and also pull. You know, it's it's at the same time it's standing out, but it's also pulling out the uniqueness of who you really are, your unique DNA. Mm-hmm into your brand. And so, um, naturally these will fall into the right zones, um, until they integrate right. nicely together.
0: Hmm. And, okay. So is there, what else is, um, involved in the same circle method as far as like, you know, you're, you're figuring out your niche attributes. Um, you're, you know, we have these zones, there's niche folding. What other elements are you, are part of the, the method?
1: Um, well, advertising is, is, another one. So like paid as in paid, mm-hmm, paid advertising. It's, it's a way to, uh, find audit profitable audiences from your niche attributes that are maybe just a little harder to pinpoint where they are. Um, and I'll, I'll just give you another example. Uh, so I'm helping. Uh, uh, this one group um, target short term rental owners, and we're using paid ads to do that. And then, um, as we're giving a uh, giving away a checklist, a free checklist or a freebie checklist to them to educate them on, on how the process can help them cash flow their their rental listings. Um, you know, they're essentially raising their hands and saying, "Here is where I'm at," um, and I'm also interested in learning more. Here's my name and email, and so um, I'm having them do a reverse lookup on Facebook as well and adding them as friends on their personal profiles. Um, mm. so it's adding that, those, those, those friends to their circle, uh, which the Facebook personal profile is also, uh, the other game in town that I, I teach people through the same circle method. Oh,
0: that not a lot uh, of people
1: know or or really use as much about.
0: Yeah. So using your personal, uh, and is it using your personal Facebook profile to, to ensure that the people in your circle know mm-hmm. what you do. So that it's kind of like thinking about referrals and or potential business through existing I don't work with friends or family, but um but still referral stuff. Yeah. And what does right. that look like? I assume it's very um maybe I'm assuming wrong, but it's very um soft and and like over like um it's not overt is what I'm trying to say. So it's not like, hey guys hire me kind of thing. It's more like just sharing, maybe giving me some examples of what you might do on on your Facebook page that you wouldn't do necessarily on Instagram, or would you say it's similar?
1: It it, it can be similar. Um, You know, long form copy or what I call novella stories um, is, is a way for you to uh, kind of storytell about what you do and, whether it's, you know, uh, a client project or it's you walking the dog and just being able to process your experience on your own and then telling that story in a way that gifts the experience to your readers, to your audience. Um, that's a valuable way a value add kind of way to talk and post on, on Facebook and Instagram for that matter. Um, you, you know, like that's, um, it it, uh, it it resonates with people, it connects with people. So, um, you know, there are different ways to talk about your projects um, in, in, in a way where you're not being so salesy. And mm-hmm. it, it's just about storytelling. It's the art of, of telling the, uh, the telling, talking about the experience that um, would be helpful for them, whether, yeah, whether it's about an actual project or your, your real life.
0: And the, the art of storytelling, is that something you also help people understand that is a true art for sure to be able to tell a compelling story yeah
1: that yeah. Like,
0: draw you in and actually make you feel something
1: mhm mhm yeah absolutely it's uh it's um th- you know th- a lot of it is just following simple copy guidelines um, and a lot of it is just about what to process in your day-to-day life and how to organize that in a content calendar that allows yeah. you to execute.
0: So say that. Say that first part. What to process in your everyday life? What do you yeah. mean by that?
1: Well, the thing is, it's like it's like one of those. Uh, it's like it act. It's it's a it's a RAS. You know RAS. You know a reticular activator system that's often talked about by Tony Robbins, where he's like,
0: no idea what that means.
1: Oh, okay. So <laughs> it's just, um, it's just the it's just the thing about your brain where let's say you buy you know, uh, a Tesla today and then a black Tesla today. And then in the next day you start seeing all the Teslas on the road.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, and so that's basically your brain just help, you know, doing its thing in a
0: sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and so with, um, to be honest, I don't even know why I just brought that up. What were you well, talking we, we, about? So
0: we we um you said something about like creating a content calendar, but something about you said ah. process your everyday life or something. You said something about your everyday life.
1: Oh right, right, right. That's it. So so basically, when it's you- it's a whole
0: other day when I'm the one um, <laughs> paying attention, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> and I remember. Thank but, you. So, Thank you. No, like legitimately, sometimes I like I don't know. I don't know what you just said. <laughs> Luckily I'm paying attention enough to know. Um, but yeah, I, I I wanted to understand that a bit more. So what what, what you're ever, you said, um, what process in your everyday life?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really just about understanding that, um, you don't have to wait to, you don't have to wait for like a recent project to be photographed to like actually talk about something useful. Um, and when you learn the art of storytelling, you learn the the art of processing your experiences quickly and efficiently okay. and being able to use, you know, um, a guideline to tell that story in a way that gifts it to the reader. Um, you can do this quickly and more often, and you'll find like thousands of situations every single day from walking the dog, you know, eating ice cream, um, whatever it is doing laundry, like you can all, you'll be able to pick out and pluck out um, useful um, transformative experiences and lessons and takeaways that you can do that. You can tell through storytelling and, and provide useful content. And, and at the same time, folding in those niche attributes that,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, that will be, be even more conducive to your brand voice.
0: Got it. Um, I, I have been a little delinquent on Instagram since i but I'm trying to I'm trying to get back into doing it and I there was a period of time where I would just try to go on and be like whatever whatever happened that day something that I like had maybe more of a like emotional feeling towards is like I'm like I'll just start telling that story because sometimes you just sit there and you're like I have to start planning more because I I find when you do plan it actually happens when you don't know what to put on social media then it doesn't happen yeah. but just sometimes it's just like oh, something, it, it, I th- feel like it could just be a simple, um, when you've, something like that happens, you could add it into your like social media, like calendar as a, okay, maybe this is something I could draw upon, even if you don't do it right in that moment and try to get in the habit of doing that, which is what I'm going to, I'm going to try to start doing. Actually, it could be like, while well, I'm shopping for something or, you know, I don't even know, but, um, I I like that a lot. And what did you call it? RAS? What's the long, what did you, what is that?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's called, it's short for RAS. And then it's called the reticular activator system.
0: All right. Um, I want (laughs) to ask you one more question. um, And then we can, I would love for you to tell everybody. uh, Well, first of all, I want you to tell everybody, who can and when um, the same circle method is is available? I think there's a wait list right now, but then you can tell everybody about uh, designers on social summit, which I'm participating in. But I want to go back to freebies for a second. So I think freebies or you know your lead magnet, whatever you want to call it, is that a big part too? Like you you part of the same circle? Is it creating a some sort of lead magnet?
1: It actually isn't. Um... It actually isn't. It, it's 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 not something that uh, I teach uh, very comprehensively. In fact, I I'm I'm very against the grain of spending a lot of time on a lead magnet, and we we kind of roll out lead magnets within five minutes to okay. test, like an offer, for instance. And that's ex- that's that's where the buck <laughs> that's where the buck ends. Um, I
0: like that actually because I do. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of time sometimes being wasted when you just need to make sure you're even you know we're wasting all this time creating this beautiful lead magnet and nobody even wants it you know right, right. Um, and well I just want to ask you because you did bring it up um, I think it is really important to make sure that you know the lead magnet that we're trying to and if you don't if you don't feel like you want to answer this just let me know I'll cut all this out but um, it can be really difficult to figure out what the lead magnet should be because it's a, it's a fine line of providing value, but also not just catering to DIYers who just want free information. Like, you know, it's, it's just making sure that it's attracting somebody that's your, you know, going to value your niche attributes and potentially have the ability to say yes, which is what you set up at the top of this episode. So do you have any tips for how to think about what to offer and maybe what to avoid and, since it's not something that you focus on, maybe this isn't super relevant, but.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually do have some words great. about that. Um, it's, it's actually very uh, backwards to how people typically think about giving away a lead magnet, where they're asking people to take a design quiz or style quiz. And that's, that, those are great. I actually love those kinds of, of lead magnets, but they do tend to attract everybody and their pets. Yep. You know, and uh, you know, there's a time and place to attract a larger group of people. And there's also a time and place to really be more uh, disqualifying with your, mm-hmm. with your time and your, and your content. Uh, and if you are of the latter, then it makes sense to structure the uh, like the copy or what, you know, what you're going to give away from the point of view of I'm actually offering a full service design package. And if you're, you know, if you, these are your top three problems um, that you're experiencing be, uh, with regards to just, you know um, you know, if you're, if you're in the market for a project, uh, you know, in the, in the next two months or whatever, and you know, you don't have the time to pull it all together and, and, you know, some other problems that you just want to highlight, you want to frame it from the perspective of, okay, this is, this is uh this is me talking to you and um, asking you if this is your problem and if you're actually about to do a project. Um, and if that is the case, then by the way, here's a freebie checklist that you can download. But so, mm-hmm. so the, the idea here is that when you're selling it or when you're marketing your, your freebie checklist for whatever it is, you're actually marketing it from the perspective of your, your highest offer, which is your full service okay. package. Okay. Got it. And then what'll happen oftentimes is they'll read the, the message and they'll think, oh, she's about to ask me to, um, you know, um, you know, book a time on her calendar, or she's about to talk about, you know, um, a design consultation that I can book or something like that. But then they'll, they'll get to the end of the message. they will be like, oh, she's just asking me to, uh, download a checklist. And then what'll happen is like, they'll start commenting and saying, and asking questions like, well, how, what are your fees? And, uh, you know, and, and they're asking buying questions instead mm-hmm. of taking the checklist. Yeah. And that's, that's how you disqualify to a, to a point where you're attracting the buyers for your highest offer instead of for your lowest offer. So you're just Audit. working, working from it backwards. Your, your actual giveaway is a low offer, yeah. low risk offer, but your yeah. actual messaging is from a high risk offer point of view.
0: I love it. And, um, I guess, you know, you said, you know, there's a time to just get everyone and their dog. And I I think this is also valuable for people listening um, who who don't think of it this way, because, you know, the time and place for something like that might be, I'm selling a $50 course or I'm selling something that's like, not like you said, high ticket or whatever, versus if, if the purpose of your lead magnets is to create an email list in the hopes that somebody is going to be full service, then everybody and their dog is, is not ideal unless you're thinking of monetizing in some other way in the future, I would guess. But
1: mm-hmm. you can but, go as far as even uh, talking about project costs that you normally are within the range of like right at the very top of your messaging mm-hmm. when you're offering that freebie, you know, like if you're, you can take this freebie, but just let you know, I only do projects of this range and right, right away, you're not wasting your time. Like, yeah. Um, collecting emails from just anybody.
0: Let's go back then now. Tell everybody what what's the deal with the same uh, same circle method? When when can people register? Is it is it registering into a program? Is it a self working, I don't know how you call that, or is it collaborative with you?
1: It's 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 both. It's okay. um so it's it's uh it's it's a group coaching program. Oh, okay. Uh, that uh, where I work with uh, work with you over a ninety day period, and it's very collaborative. It's very intense. It's uh, there's accountability, and um, essentially we 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 go through a ninety day sprint to help you, uh, you know, help you attract, engage, and, and book uh, your next uh, you know design client.
0: Amazing. And when is the next 90 day sprint, um, starting?
1: Uh, well, it's actually, uh, open right now at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I haven't publicly announced it, but I, I do take on, um, I do take on uh, one-on-one clients at the moment. Okay. Um, but, uh, sometimes I, I, I do this on a rolling basis where I, um, uh, open up the program for, for cohorts for the 90 day program.
0: Okay. And where can they go to register for that or um, get more information about that?
1: Yeah, if you'd like to learn more, you can go to uh, the slash join. And uh, there's a page that'll tell you more about uh, the 90-day program.
0: Amazing. Okay, now let's talk about the Designers on Social Summit. So yeah. how did this, how was this born? How did this, are you okay for time?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Okay
0: yeah how was how was this born where did this idea come from and tell us about the next one coming up
1: well dos uh dos was born out of out of uh, my my research into what was available um in the design community and it just looked like there were so many silos of how to do this or how to do that on social media and what um, what the, um, the design influencers were, were, were doing to get to their, you know, place, um, in the stratosphere, I guess you could say, uh, it was just me finding that there was a gap. And so this was pre COVID last year. I wanted to just bring all the best into one single room and educate and provide a perspective from everybody uh, about how they were actually doing well on social, how they were, how they were killing it. And DOS is, was, was essentially born out of that. So DOS is short for Designers on Social Summit. And it's an annual online summit that just brings together over 20 design influencers and social media experts to provide trainings and masterclasses for designers, decorators, stagers, and creatives to essentially learn best business and marketing growth practices.
0: I love it. And how many how many um, speakers do you have this year?
1: This year we'll have between 20 and 30, yeah.
0: That's awesome. And guess who's part of that, this girl. <laughs> and what's amazing is that I'm just trying to open up my PowerPoint. Um, I'm gonna be talking, am I allowed to say what I'm talking about or no?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Okay. I don't want to be a spoiler in case like um, we weren't I wasn't supposed to until you were announcing it but yeah I'm talking about how authenticity can grow your business and your confidence so I'm really excited about that and sharing some of my experiences and um, for me it was really focusing on you know authenticity is it's such a buzzword right now but it's people often think of it more as like it's what you do on social media and in your marketing but authenticity to me is you know very holistic and you know 360 with your business it's it's every touch point whether it's your processes or you know the people you work with you know your your niche attribute Um, Mm, not that I talked about that because that's a new word that I learned but (laughs) um and so I'm I'm sharing a lot about that, but so when is this, like, what can people do to register for this? Where do they go and when is it happening?
1: Well, uh, DOS 2021 will be a live three-day event and is open for registrations in December of 2020.
0: So in like, this is probably gonna air, what day is it? it it's gonna be, yeah, in probably less than a week by the time this airs, they'll be able yeah. to register.
1: Yeah, well, I would say you know uh, oh. uh, the first week into the second week of December is okay. probably the pocket uh, when okay. registrations will be open. The, the website's going to be live.
0: Okay, so uh, wait, sorry, when did, we, when did you say the summit is actually taking place?
1: It is taking place in January of 27th. Oh yeah, January 27th, yeah. yeah. January 27th to the 29th, which is from Wednesday through Friday.
0: And maybe you don't want to share this, but I'm going to ask anyway, is there any one particular speaker other than obviously me that you're really excited that's part of the mix? Are you allowed to share any of that yet? Is there anybody we should be uh, getting super excited about?
1: Yeah, there's so many exciting topics. Can, can, you,
0: can you share some of them now to give a little teaser or would you prefer to keep that under wraps?
1: yeah sure absolutely. Um,
0: I keep putting them on the spot It's great
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, I would love to talk about that uh yeah. that's 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 the exciting part um, yeah. well we we have over twenty to to thirty speakers uh, who are confirmed for twenty twenty one and you know it's it's basically whether you're um Whether you're looking to transition to e design or you're looking to learn how to attract clients online, like this event is for you. We have you covered. Um, So, uh, uh, Jenna um, from the e design tribe is going to talk about e design and help you transition to that with her presentation.
0: Awesome.
1: Uh, And uh, we also have uh, Katie Gutierrez (laughs) from from File. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, super Katie. excited about You're Katie's involvement. Her.
0: Yeah. What is she talking about? Can you tell me?
1: She is such a beautiful spirit and Isn't so she... genuine and I, and I love her I to death. To say,
0: I get, yeah, she's awesome. And I want to say I get similar vibes from you.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah. The way you responded to, I, I just thought it It was, I got real Katie Gutierrez vibes from it when I rescheduled our podcast the one day and you said, Absolutely. Anything that makes your life easier, I'm happy to do it. And I was like, that is such a beautiful way to respond to somebody like that. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. And and I, I get similar vibes from you too. So I,
1: you're too I, nice.
0: You no, know, I mean it. But um, anyways, yeah, what's she talking about?
1: Well, she's talking about um, how to not get in the way of, uh, you know, what like Yourself? basically what gets in the way of getting ahead. So
0: I love it. Um, I can't you know, wait. yeah
1: okay feeling the feeling of stuckness you know yes yeah she's gonna address that oh
0: funny that she's talking about that because i felt like i had been so stuck and i really really feel like having started working with her and and her coaching kind of got me it's so funny anyways what else what else do we got (laughs) this is exciting i love it
1: yeah um so we we have uh well we also have Kate the socialite yeah, which, which she's I'm going sure to, yeah. yeah, she's going to blow everybody's mind about sales funnels. Um, so, you know, don't be, don't be afraid to roll up your sleeves and get a little nerdy with your marketing with her.
0: I love and, it. I'll definitely tune into that one.
1: Yeah. Um, we have uh, Rachel Moriarty. Yes. Um, she's lover. Yeah. She's going to talk about, um, online visibility empowerment. And so she's, you know, she's, she's, you know, the super fantastic with, with her, um, her term visibility with a B.
0: Oh, that's uh, cute.
1: <laughs> B as in boy. Yeah. So she's going to talk about online visibility, which she's, you know, superb at. Um, yeah. and, um, then we have Linda Holt yeah, who is going to talk about better interior photos using her smartphone, uh, let's see, we have, we have Molly, um, uh, Schonefeld, who's going to talk about getting your design work published straight from the mouth of a publicist.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So getting into the, to the magazines and, um, she's going to tell you exactly how to get that done for, for yourself. And what else do we have? We have Nicole, Nicole Heimer, Heimer? for, yeah. For, I've worked
0: with her. Yeah. She's yeah. great.
1: She's going to talk about.
0: I am in great company right now. You Feeling are. good, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Style quizzes, uh, basically conversions. Right, how to attract yeah. subscribers and um, building a powerful email list. So she's going to talk all about that. She's, you know, she's supporting um, Luan Nagar's uh, marketing and, and website, mm-hmm. and so she knows all about conversions from yeah. the perspective of just collecting so much data from such yeah. a powerhouse um, in the industry. Um, we have, uh, let's see here. We have, uh, we have Aaron V from, um, uh, from her, uh, Style Row platform. So she has a tech platform called Style Row and, oh. and uh, she's going to talk about service and scale for the digital age. Um, mm. so super oh excited God. about that. She comes, she's going to come with so much, so much experience about, about scaling and and, and just using the digital phenom of a market to, you know, grow your business in ways that you might not have thought about. So.
0: Well, this sounds amazing. I'm excited to hear more. I'm not, I won't, I won't let you spoil her anymore. Um, (laughs) I so appreciate that. I'm so excited to be a part of it. And I hope that this is going to be, I hope that we get to make this as successful as you hope it to be. Mm -hmm. And I hope that I can do, like, I'm happy to do whatever I can to help, you know, in any way I can to provide visibility and let people know about it. So, um, I don't know if you told them where can they go to start checking that out, even if they aren't totally. I'll tell you what, guys. You can also subscribe to my email. So go to michellebonnett.com slash real talk. And I will be sending an email right when it's live and ready to go anyway. So if you're wanting to make sure that you don't miss what's going on, then subscribe to my email and you can, and and I'll be letting everybody know. So again, it's real talk design. That's a lie. michellebonnett.com slash real talk. So, but where can they go uh, to start seeing what's going on with uh, designers on social summit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the website is uh, designersonsocialsummit.com. And currently, if you were to go there uh, before, I guess, the first week of December, or even the second week of December, you might be looking at 2019. Um, But uh, the the website should be live for for the new lineup um, as of uh, the first and second week of December.
0: I love it. Well, thank you so much. Um, What you guys don't know is Bobby and I are chatting on a Sunday. It's now 1222. And I'm going to go make myself a Caesar. Because it's Caesar Sunday right here. Oh, nice. That's
1: so awesome. (laughs)
0: And then I'm going to get really nerdy with Asana because I just changed over from some other project management software to Asana because...
1: Oh, I use it too.
0: Do you use it? Mm -hmm. I tried to use it like... I, I started using it four years ago. It is come a long way so I basically did that all yes. day yesterday. I'm obsessed and I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so anyways, Bobby, I I also feel like, you know, we've talked, maybe we'll be, maybe everybody will be seeing a little bit more of us um, chatting. We don't know where yet, but maybe you'll see more of stuff to come with uh, Bobby and I sharing some, some valuable information for you guys. So be on the lookout for that. Otherwise, have an awesome Sunday.
1: All right. Thank you, everybody. Have a
0: everybody. good day. Thanks so much for chatting today.
1: All right. Bye.